Welcome to another episode of the Chill by Net podcast. This podcast is created for those who are passionate about their personal development, health, and well-being. This is a platform for you to come chill by my personal stories and weekly tips in becoming a better version of ourselves and to live a better present. But first, let's chill. My name is Jeanette. Welcome back. So in the last episode, we discussed the importance in recognizing the concept of safe spaces through my personal experience. You know, we talked about how a safe space is an opportunity for people to be themselves without any judgment and feel confident enough to express their views in the context of mental and emotional well-being. And we see that although it's a simple concept, you know, it can have a very huge impact in the lives of people who need it. And in this episode, we will focus on what it takes to be an effective one as I share my three powerful tips on how each of us in our own context can be the safe space for our loved ones and people around us who need it. So I realize that we are often quick to judge and you know correct people's views sometimes and it's just part of how humans are wired. We have our own opinions and perspectives which are shaped by our very own experiences and because of that you know it makes the concept of a safe space so important in our society today this is so that we don't shut out real conversations and genuine connections you know no matter how much we have grown over the years and how much self-confidence we have gained throughout we never outgrow the need for safety so as humans we still constantly look for support when we fall and when we get upset we look for validation and encouragement from people around us and besides no one can constantly live in that kind of state of vigilance and fearing their views will be rejected all the time and hence we are all in need for such safe spaces where we can just be ourselves without having the need to justify and defend ourselves sometimes and the good news is Anyone can be that safe space and I will be sharing my three tips in becoming one. So tip number one, be present. And being present here is not about, you know, physically being there with the person. You know, you can be present even via a phone call or, you know, digital means like video conference. But then the concept about being present is really about being able to devote your full attention and immerse yourself in the conversation. So I'm not sure if you can relate, but there are just some conversations we get into which, you know, just made us feel like the world just stopped because both parties are just so into the conversation itself and that we have no idea what is happening around us. And this is the kind of connectedness and presence we want when we talk about you know creating that safe space i think you know to me it's the foundation to create or rather be a safe space for another person and just how we behave can send out signals as to whether we are trying our best to listen and understand the other person this includes your speed of response quality of response your body language you know eye contact And basically, whether or not we are present can be seen through our verbal and non-verbal cues. So it's really about making the other person perceive that, you know, you are in the conversation and you're interested to, you know, put down your judgment, your views and everything for them at the instance. And, you know, hold that space for them. 
So on this point, if you ask me if it's necessary to leave out your judgment, to be the safe space, I would say that creating a safe space is not all about leaving your judgment out. Although in most cases, I think it does because you want to put the other person's views and emotions first so that they can feel heard and feel confident, which is really the point of a safe space. But in some other times, you know, after that space is given, I think constructive feedback is probably what the other person perceives to be helpful as well. And that is where, you know, your advice and your feedback can come in. But then, of course, when there's a time to include our judgment, I think learn to not use absolute terms like, you know, you should do this, you should do that, you know, and maybe rather strive for a more suggestive approach. Like, you know, have you tried this? Do you think this would work? And, you know, the part about giving feedback is make sure that we don't leave our emotions out too. So that is to include, you know, how certain things are making us feel. So for instance, you know, I'm giving you this feedback because I care for you and it makes me feel sad that you're going through this and I would like to offer my support and help at this point. I believe that only in a conversation with the presence of emotions, we can then deepen that connection. And it will make the other person feel like you are being real with them. And this adds to the presence that we are talking about here. Okay, I think that sounds like, you know, two tips in one. But anyways, okay, tip number two. Tip number two is to ask questions. And to be more specific, ask questions in a way that demonstrates genuine curiosity. So it's a lot about how we ask our questions for this tip on question asking to be effective. And I think before you ask any questions for someone in need, maybe ask yourself first, you know, what is the intention behind asking certain questions? You know, when you're asking, are you asking with the opportunity to judge or to offer your opinion? Or are you genuinely curious and want to understand what the other person is going through? And be ready to see whatever emotions coming through as valid. Because I think this is what the person needs now. And people can feel this quite strongly, especially when they are in a super vulnerable state. And on this point, is really about how we ask our questions. So for instance, when we ask a why question, it's usually easier for people to feel judged and defensive. And it pushes people to you know explain themselves and justify themselves. And I think judgment is the number one factor that drives people away from being vulnerable and being connected to someone else. For example, if I want to be there for someone who is crying or having a downtime, instead of asking them, you know, why are you sad? Why are you crying? You know, why are you feeling this way? You know that people cry because they are sad and, you know, you can ask them what is making them sad instead. And you would like to offer your support because you know how that feels. Now, you may not understand how certain things upset certain people because we all get affected in different ways. But you know how sadness feels to some extent and that's enough. So one way to connect is to demonstrate that you know how hard is it for the person and how the person feels. And, you know, although I do recognize that sometimes it's not really possible to completely put ourselves in another person's shoe, but, you know, sometimes just by showing that we are there and we are trying our best to 
understand what the other person is going through, I think that itself, you know, provides tremendous comfort. And tip number three is to be vulnerable yourself. So sometimes to be a safe space, we need to be vulnerable ourselves. And this is one tip that a lot of people missed out. You know, we can be that listener or we can encourage questions, but if we don't show vulnerability in the process as well, then I would say that, you know, we cannot form genuine connections and encourage people to show up at the end of the day. Like to encourage vulnerability, you know, you also have to be vulnerable yourself. And that often looks like admitting something that you do not know or sharing your struggles or challenges as well. Because when you're letting your full self out to connect with the person, you know, the person can feel it. And, you know, in return, they will trust you more and they will find it safer to connect to you as well. Real connection is built through vulnerabilities and vulnerabilities in turn also builds real connection. So it's really, you know, mutually reinforcing in that way. So let's think about this in the context of an organization, all right? You know, would you feel safer admitting your mistakes to someone who also admits theirs? I would. And in fact, research has shown that, you know, leaders who are willing to be more vulnerable can lead better so long as their vulnerability is not about their core competency. They can lead better and create higher performing teams. So for instance, a production leader cannot be displaying his incompetence in his core expertise like leadership or the production process, but he can admit answers that he doesn't have. So admitting that we do not know something, for instance, saying things like, I don't have all my answers, but I want to count on you to explain to me. Or I don't have much understanding on this topic, is new to me. Could you help me understand this? So this builds a sense of safety. It will really help to open the door to encourage more struggles or rather unconventional ideas to be heard when we sometimes learn to admit that we want to learn from that person and we do not have all our answers. And the last thing you want to do is really on the other spectrum when you inject doubt and deny everything that you know a person wants to share and they just end up walking around eggshells. So on this note, I just want to share a rather personal story. So I remember a few weeks ago, I approached my dad, you know, during lunch and, you know, it's just the two of us and I told him, you know, hey, Pippa, I launched my very first podcast. And then after I said that, you know, there was silence and I felt quite nervous actually because I seldom talk to my dad about my personal life and my personal stuff. But I decided to because as part of encouraging people to open up, I just want to, you know, take the step to be more open to people around me as well. And then shortly, the first thing he asked was, what's a podcast? You know, explain to me, I don't know what's that. And at that moment, I remember that I felt relieved and I'm relieved at the fact that, you know, he wanted to know more. So I started explaining to him with a lot of passion, a lot of excitement, you know, and what I could do with it, you know, like how, like how I want to help more people out there. And then, you know, there was silence again. And then we continued eating. But I did observe his expression, you know, and, you know, whether or not he was listening. It wasn't an expression of disapproval. And then at the same time, he was also listening to me attentively when I was explaining. You know, that to me was actually quite a great comfort 
because internally I knew that he did not refuse my views and probably he had his own views as well but you know at that point of time I think he chose to keep it to himself and did not impose his opinions of any sort to me at that point when I was sharing my feelings and my thoughts. I felt hurt, you know, even though he did not say much or express much, but through his body language, I knew he was interested to learn more and hear more from me. So really, being a safe space can just be as simple as, you know, even your body language, the way you make eye contact, and even small gestures like, you know, nodding of your head when you listen to the other person. Because the people in need for these spaces scan for these things, you know, and we talk about how a safe space looks different to different people. And I knew that my dad was trying his best to put his judgments aside. And the fact that he asked me what's a podcast, you know, he's admitting that he doesn't know and he wants to learn more. And this allows me to, you know, more confidently express what I want to share. And this also marks a moment when I realized that, wow, I can actually start to communicate more authentically to my dad. It's not that we don't communicate, it's just that, you know, the stuff that we talk about are normally the day-to-day casual talks. You know, I mean, casual talks are important, but it seldom grows connection. And for there to be connections, I think emotions must be involved. And I also do feel that it was a big step for my dad as well, because in the past, our conversations will usually end up in one person crying and that's me because sometimes I just feel that my views or my emotions are not heard in the way that I want it to be. As we have very different opinions, you know, neither would be absolutely correct or wrong. But because he's often that figure that I look up to so much and I respect so much, I usually just doubt my own views instead of having the courage to pursue it. So what I want to say was, You know, when we feel like we are denied of something, especially from someone who is so important to us, we often feel very hurt, especially if the person has a huge influence over you and he matters a lot to you. So being a safe space, I realize, is even more important if we have a huge influence over the other person. So for instance, if you are leader of an organization, I think the responsibility to create a safe space just seems to be even more important because people rely on you for that affirmation and that validation. And your words and actions are powerful because it can determine the emotional development of the other person. You know, it can determine whether, you know, others are able to speak up confidently. So everyone plays an important role to someone in their lives. And I just feel that, you know, let's not forget to start seeing this as a personal responsibility to be that safe space for each other. Although I do recognize that sometimes not everyone has the mental capacity to be a safe space because they are already going through so much internally and, you know, the situation just doesn't allow them sometimes. But, you know, it all starts from within. So... Even if you're not able to be a safe space for someone else right now, you can at least be that safe space for yourself, right? You can choose to treat yourself kinder. Don't judge yourself. You know, tell yourself, you know, talk to yourself like how you would talk to a best friend because self-healing can sometimes go a very long way and how you talk to yourself really matters. So creating that safe space for yourself is really trusting what your mind and your body feels and give yourself the space to express 
whatever that you're feeling so that you can feel confident and feel psychologically safe. Yep. So don't judge your thoughts, be kinder to yourself and you know, avoid criticizing how you're thinking and how you're feeling. And then, you know, slowly, one step at a time, when you're able to create that space for yourself, you will then be in a better position to also create that space for your loved ones around you. Okay, but one step at a time, there's no need to rush. Alright, so just to recap my three tips. Number one, be present. Be that zone that is free of distraction where you can fully immerse yourself in the conversation and that includes being able to listen attentively and also include your emotions when you want to provide certain feedback. Tip number two, ask questions. Be curious about what people are going through, but without judgment and you know, validate people's feelings throughout the process. And lastly, allow your own weaknesses to be seen and admit that we have a lot to learn from others as well. So be that safe space to others, just like how we all need a safe space from time to time. And I really hope that this episode will allow us to start thinking how we can, in our own context, start taking steps towards becoming that person who can be a source of support to others, or sometimes even yourself, especially in such challenging times. And that often means acting with more kindness and less judgment. Thanks for chilling in. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. You can also connect with me on Instagram at chillbynet or my website chillbynet.com to join the conversation and assess our show notes. Have a great day and we'll chill again very soon.